0: welcome to the artist work ethic podcast i'm mike pelak i'm an actor screenwriter and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as i work to break in in this podcast i talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process habits and work ethic today on the show is tim barry Tim is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He's the lead singer of the Richmond, Virginia-based punk rock band, Avail. In addition to Avail, Tim has been performing solo music of his own since 2004. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com slash screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at theartistsworkethicpodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review The Artist's Work Ethic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. Tim, thank you for coming on with me today. You're very welcome. So through Punk Rock, we both come from a DIY or DIY-influenced background. That's been very you know, significant to my work ethic and just knowing that I can go out there and get something done if I just do it. How would you say that DIY has contributed to your work ethic?
1: I'd say that some people come up with a DIY ethic and sometimes don't even know it. And I'd be a candidate for that. I I didn't know what DIY was until someone said I am. M- meaning I kind of always just moved from project to project. And then probably later found an attraction to other people who worked with sort of the DIY ethics because I'd already inherited them for some reason. Perhaps it's in my pedigree or my genes. I don't know. Um, but I've spent my whole life sort of like coming up with ideas and um, working to fruition and then moving to the next one. It, even to this day, that's what I do. I just don't know why.
0: I mean, would you say that the the work ethic that you've got was something that came from how you were raised? Or, or some external factor later on in your life.
1: I have no idea because it, so when when you, in regards to work ethic, it, w- often what we're talking about as sort of like public people, meaning musicians or artists or comedians or 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 um, writers or whatever, is your DIY ethics related to your public output? I guess that I have that not just with the public. And I don't know why I choose to, like, always create projects and try to get through them. Um, I don't know where it comes from. I'd say that my brother and my sister both are sort of self-sustaining themselves. Um, uh, We are maybe ahead of the generations of people who, like, maybe we were the ones who invented side hustles. You know, I mean, because I've always, you know, in the past, I always had like a regular job in carpentry shops or doing whatever, but I was always playing music and I was always touring in between and whatever I did at home for work, I did so that I could get back out on the road and the road didn't afford me any financial luxuries. But for whatever reason, I, you know, that continued through most of my life. Like I'm a migratory bird. Like I have to just keep traveling in circles around the world. Uh, and still to this day, so I have certainly stuck with that DIY thing my whole life that I don't fly it under the flag of it or use it as a, um, I don't know,
0: a label, a trophy. It's just how some people are. Sure. I mean, how, how would you say you're, you're structuring your day to day to balance, you know, your, your, your life, your, just your regular life stuff along with your music, you know, whether it's writing, touring, or just if you're if you're answering emails and all that type of stuff.
1: I should say now I I live on music. I live on the art itself and I do so because I don't live out outside of my means financially. I have a very structured day. And if I don't work, it's very intentional. So If I'm on an airplane and you're sitting next to me and you ask what I do for work, I will say music retail management. And I won't give them much more information, but that's what I do. So I wake up every day. I get my kids ready for school. I drop them off at school. And after that, the first thing I do is I exercise because it clears my head. And I usually go running. If I don't do that, I ride bikes or or I walk. and That's sort of how my day starts. That's my morning coffee. I think of what's most important to accomplish that day. And then the next thing I do is I play music. And I do that every single day. And when I'm done playing music is when I do the management, which is sort of my least favorite thing in the world, not because I'm poor at organizing, but because I cannot stand
0: computers. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but they really drive me crazy.
0: As we're as we're staring at each other through a computer now.
1: No, it's not that it's not that I dislike the the there's many aspects to technology that I, I find to be super important and what creates the ability for so much of us to actually make a living off of music, art, comedy, whatever it is, is relied upon computers. So I can't criticize them. Just for me, I just find them vexing. And like yesterday, when I had two people try to help me send a PDF that never made it through <laughs> to the opposite end, and how something as simple to some people could take me so long drives me crazy. But that's how my day's structured. And I work. There's a lot of work going on. And then I pick up my kids, and I'm super disciplined about not using social media or computers when I have my kids. You know, like when they go to sleep, I might get a little more work done and then I go to sleep. And that's my day. And then I I try to always take time off. Uh, Like I look forward to this Friday where I won't be doing anything at all except probably relic hunting or Civil War junk from the second I wake up until the second I go to sleep. And I need those kind of
0: days to uh, reset myself. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that you don't have to like go crazy, killing yourself, working 20 hours a day to, to be productive. And it sounds like one of the best parts of your day is, is playing music every single day and just keeping that consistency going, you know, and, and not letting it kind of falter away. Yeah.
1: And it's also out of necessity because I have a lot of songs and I I like to be able to play them, you know, like instantly. But, you know, like an example, I'm very focused on music right now because as soon as I finish a project, I start a new one. So I just finished doing Fest down in Gainesville, Florida. And the second I got back on Monday, I started working on a three-day, you know, finalizing the details of a three-day festival that... I curate in Richmond every November. That includes a ton of different musicians. I play every night. It's a totally different set every night. We're doing a kid's show, which is crazy. I got to get all the merchandise organized. I'm doing input lists and stage plots and, you know, all the advances and guest list details. And it's I truly do everything on my own. But the foundation of all of that is the crappy three chord songs that I play. So I have to be able to play them well.
0: How important would you say that persistence and just perseverance have been to, to your career, whether it was, you know, in, in the early days with a veil or when you launched your, your solo music and just pushing through any of those walls that may have come up in front of you.
1: I don't know about the walls because I didn't let there be any because we didn't have goals or expectations. And I didn't have goals or expectations with my solo stuff. Avail is a huge accident. Avail didn't know what we were doing when we were doing it. We didn't know what we were doing when we were touring for five weeks in Europe on tours that were set up with fax machines because there was no technology and calling squats in uh, alternate venues was unaffordable. We didn't know what we were doing when we were playing trailers in Biloxi, Mississippi, or generator punk shows in Eugene, Oregon. We had no idea. And the same thing with the solo stuff. I made music and was surprised that people liked it. And the, the people who liked it weren't Avail fans. And so there was no barriers. There was no walls because there was no expectations. I'm fine with playing for five people. And I'm fine with playing for 500. So there was nothing to break through because popularity or sort of status is irrelevant and money because I can do anything and I don't need to make money off of music if I can do other jobs. But but that work ethic, for whatever reason, the need to the the compulsion to like keep
0: doing what I was doing has never left me i it's, it's the compulsion is is an interesting thing cuz i think i ha, kind of have a similar thing you know i just i keep wanting to make things and do new things and and try stuff and I, you know i don't really know where where it comes from in me they're like you know sometimes i'm like why am i doing a podcast <laughs> do it, you know it's just like, <laughs> like there's just why something am I ready- there
1: Why am I writing like a short book right now? Like, like, is it any good? But here's what here. And here I identified the reason a couple years ago. And this is it for me. When I was young, if you played in punk music, you were done and washed up by like 25. Okay. And so After 30 years of touring, I always think it's my last year of touring. I always think, okay, I got these show offers. This is a real honor to be playing these shows. I'm very privileged. Next year, no one's going to care. So I'm going to do these shows. I'm going to put out this this record, and I'm going to do the best that I can and play like it's the last time I can play because no one's going to care. And for whatever reason, a small group of people still care. And so I fall into the next cycle, the next year, thinking this is the last time anyone's going to care. And I'll tell you what, when the pandemic shut everything down, I was fine because I had played my last shows like I was never going to play a show again. And I do that every night. And so where a lot of people were sort of moping, I was like, Man, that was fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was probably a welcome break too. I mean, you well,
1: know. well, yeah. I mean, I love, I'll never get that time back with my kids. And I, 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 you know, like, so that was super important to me to spend all that time with them. But I really, I truly was like, man, what a wild ride that was playing music for all that time. Yeah. <laughs> and so now every show, you know, since is like icing on the cake. But I do think that's some of the reason behind my drive is like, I really, I guess that's a way of saying that I don't take it for granted.
0: If you do come to a time, you know, we'll, we'll go back to, we'll rewind back to pre COVID and, and you are getting exhausted or burnt out with whatever you're, if, if you're, you know, you're on the road doing however many shows a year, how do you stay balanced when you start to feel that exhaustion and burnout creep in?
1: My balance is in total control. I answer to no one but myself. I don't have management. I don't have a record label that's pushing me for sales. I have no one to answer to but myself. If I am pushing myself too hard, there is no one to blame but me. So I stop it. I won't do it. And that was going on for years. I was, I was, you know, coming home from tours and realizing that I should make them shorter. To the fact, to the time, this at this point, I I won't do two or three shows in a row. More than two or three shows in a row. So, uh, to answer that question, is the control that I have has a has afforded me the ability to make decisions that keep me wanting to do this. If you told me tomorrow that I needed to do a five week tour with two days off, like uh, my normal old schedules, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I would knock on the door at a shop and get a job. And, uh, or, you know, like I, I decided to stop touring internationally. You know, if you offered me to play in London next week, I, I probably just wouldn't do it or Sydney or, I mean, internationally, meaning like overseas and whatnot. I got to be close to my kids. Toronto, Montreal, that's fine. (laughs) London, Ontario, I'm into that. But those are the decisions that I had to make. At some point, I had to say to myself, I can't always come to you. So you might need to come to me. I've put in plenty of miles coming to you. Awesome. Anything that you want to plug or talk about before we go? No, I'm just working my butt off here. <laughs> I got it. I got plenty of stuff to plug, but I'm not good at plugging stuff. So, it, 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 I'm pretty easy to. It's pretty easy to figure out my projects by a quick search.
0: Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming on with me today, Tim. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, and please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at theartistsworkethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.